citizens of the verse, today is August 11th, 2951, and welcome to another episode of ReadCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast sponsored by the Read Organization. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mr. I'm on a boat, Chekhov. Hello. Say hello, Chekhov. <laughs> hello. Uh, and then, of course, we have the young and the boatless, Mr. Seaguard. Ahoy there. Uh, so, uh, exciting week, uh, that has just passed and it feels like it's getting more exciting. Um, but I figure, you know, let's just, let's just jump in and start with, um, the fact that we now have to finally have 314 live. Uh, what do you guys think? Considering I've been the only one testing it in PTU, Seaguard, what are your first impressions? Uh, it's, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's really cool. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I haven't even, you know, I just did a couple minutes of combat in the Arena Commander, and I was just blown away how much better it is. It was really, really good. And uh, and I and that's just the Arena Commander. I was doing the um, uh, Cartual, um, mm-hmm. and it it just felt like. It felt powerful. The guns were hammering away really high speed. And it was taking out targets right and left. I mean, it felt good. It really was like more immersive. No doubt about it. Brilliant job. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to fire any missiles, um, things like that, because I wanted to try it with a, like a, um, uh, hurt. No, I can't even think of what it is. The anvil. Ah, anyway. I, I can't think of the, air, of the ship right now. The Hurricane? The Hornet. The Hornet. The Hornet. Hornet. Yeah, I kept having problems with Hornets coming in not fully built and without skins on their frames and things like that. Uh, but, you know, really was fun in the card to all. And then I've had, I definitely liked um, Crusader. You know, Crusader itself is is a neat place. It's, it's not quite as... Um, I don't know. In some ways, it's it is definitely beautiful, no doubt about that. And it's, the atmosphere is super cool. It's a little frustrating that you got to fly for so long to get out of atmosphere. And I'm not one who really will go up to full throttle and boost all the way out. Mm. Um, I try to pamper my engines and stay within the performance window. So you know, climbing out at 100 and you know, 40 miles or meters per second with a cruise with a uh, Hercules is a tad bit of a long journey. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a downer, but uh, very cool. It's very cool. Um, I played the event and I was able to use an Aurora CL to actually bring in medical supplies and, you know, kind of sprint my way out of from quantum to the, um, to the station and land safely. And it worked. The ship worked perfectly and flawless. It felt great. The sounds, I think, are much better. Uh, there's a lot more sounds I notice. Um, there's just a different feel to how the well. There's a the way they sound. They sound yeah. The, there's more detail to the sound if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I get it. They've still been stuff, improving them. Yeah, there's still stuff to go see. I haven't seen it all. So I there have been a few times I've had you know bad luck getting in or crashing and things like that, but. I've been doing this long enough, you know, that uh, I'm used to that. It'll be better in two weeks and it'll it'll be better in a week. It'll be better in three weeks. And 
it'll be normal in four weeks. Yeah, definitely. So I think very. I think it's. I think it's very positive. Yeah, I'd say very positive. Okay, cool. Uh, Chekhov, what about you? Dying to know what, what uh, you, you I think. Hope, uh, well, unfortunately, not a heck of a lot because lots of 30Ks. So I kind of got in and got out because it was a little frustrating. But mm-hmm. uh, they patched it since then, so hopefully it's going to be better. Plus, I'm getting used to the new HUD and uh, trying to figure out capacitors and all that jazz. So I haven't really had, and, and Orison was, you know, it's beautiful, but the frame rates were horrible. So yeah. it was like walking through us like a slideshow. So couldn't can't really say that I really got a good taste of it yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with this new patch. So Yeah. I mean, I would say it's funny. I get low frames in Orison, but it's not that bad like slideshow. And I, I am using, you know, shadow for it. So I'm surprised. Um, even, even in PU, because for one, yeah. I said PTU was better. PTU was a little bit better, um, but it, I can still walk around. I, my problem is I'm experiencing a lot of desync. So okay. I'll rubber band back to my seat a few times and things like that where rubber band I'll get off the the shuttle and then all of a sudden be back in it. But it'll be like a minute after I got off. Oh. oh. So but you know, they'll iron that out. I, I do like it. So so Seagard, you actually did the you did the uh lockdown event then. Yeah, yeah. I took uh, oh, nice. I bought some medical supplies right off the bat with an Aurora C L. Um and then it just so happened I had them I was gonna run car yeah, and then it just so happened that the event started, so we were, you know, I I lifted off and flew it to. There was actually a group of us on at the time, and uh, nice. I just happened to uh, I just happened to work with an Aurora CL because it was already loaded with medical supplies and it worked flawlessly. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, other guys are having a little bit of a problem, I think, but and it was uh, me and two other guys, Badger and maybe uh, Arjun Janot were out in front of me in fighting mm-hmm. actually doing the fighting portion and i just headed straight for the base and guy was able That's to great. boost past some fighters and uh get in close and land safely and woke up you know woke up there the next day now when i tried to fly out of there i tried to bring out a hornet mm-hmm. uh, actually a tracker i wanted to bring out a hornet tracker to see if the sensors would work any better and go meet badger and them they yeah. came out with just the frame of the ship uh, it had the frame. Actually, <laughs> actually, this is the picture I posted. It was the it was the frame, but all shot up is what it was. The pilot <laughs> seat was perfectly good, but all the skin was gone. It had big holes blasted in it, um, and it wouldn't do anything except for when I turned on the power. I thought it might redraw itself. It just yeah. flipped over on its back. <laughs> oh so, goodness! <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I brought out a terrapin. And the Terrapin worked pretty good, and I was able to boost out in the space and take off and boost out. And then um, basically, the uh, it was getting late, and I just landed it and went back to sleep. You know, I, I went and logged back off. So uh, Terrapin looked wonderful. Yeah, I love the Terrapin. I do too. I, I I never fly it, but I love it. I can't wait till it's yeah. a real functional, useful ship in the game. Um. 
So let's talk about what's been going on in the verse this past week, because uh, there's a lot to get through, um, especially since we're recording a day late. Um, first and foremost, Inside Star Citizen, uh, we got a, I would, I'd call it a mixed episode. Um, the first part, it was called Production Induction. The first part was an interview with Steph Bedford, who's one of the producers on the team. Uh, it was nice. We got to learn a little bit about, you know, her and, and what she does on the team and, and a little bit more about producing um, it within a video game environment as well. Uh, her first project was the Nova Tank. Um, and we also, she mentioned that the Vulture is now uh, in production and we got to see a white box of the Vulture. So yeah. that's exciting. Um, but the more interesting part of the episode was obviously the Sprint Report. No offense, Steph. It's just, you know, the personal pieces aren't as exciting as I as did like your interview. It was kind of a good yeah feel good kind of interview it was good yeah i I mean it's nice it's nice to give recognition to the folks who work so hard to make our dreams become a reality it's just also i'm like i wish it were like a twice as long sprint report but you know we're we're two less than two months now away from citizen con so they're probably not going to give as much detailed information as we'd like uh but this sprint report we got i think i'm sure this excites probably both of you is the early early view of what refueling could look like and how it uses the docking tech. Yeah. Um, we got a test of what bombing could be. Um, it is essentially just them turning the igniters off the mi- missiles and just dropping them. But it looked really cool even just for the test. That's how it works, um, basically. Yeah. And then uh, we got a, a first look at intoxication and what that might look like when you're flying a ship. We got more... Uh, a deeper look at the Redeemer, which I'm starting to get sick of seeing. Um, we we were treated to a look at the upcoming showroom in Crusader. That looked amazing. Um, and last but certainly not least, we got a look at some of the new planetary textures that we'll be seeing when Nyx comes online. Uh, so, Seaguard, what was your favorite part of the episode? Um... Let's see. I, I would I would say the planetary tech was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And they were showing it without the atmosphere and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it definitely makes a difference. It definitely yeah. makes a difference. And and I and I have to believe that is essential to the development of further you know, systems. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems like the more textures they create, the more they have in their toolkit, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, now we have diff- 15 different tiles to work off of instead of two. Right. Uh, what about you, Chekhov? Yeah, fueling. Fueling was really cool. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, obviously opens up a whole realm of possibilities. You don't have to land. That was mm-hmm. a interesting tech. Uh, yeah. planetary textures, yeah, that's that's always amazing how they take it always up a notch. Uh, you know, sorry to see Levski go, but it's probably gone to a nice place, you know, with some nice, yeah. you know, redones on the on Delamar. So yeah. that that would be exciting to see. Hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows at this point? Just because they seem to just be keeping it so close. Um, and, and for good reason, they probably don't want to put anything that far out on the roadmap that could lead to disappointment since, you know, 
we we get to be very vocal when that happens. I can um, see that being a place for me to go stay. Delaware. Yeah, I definitely could. Yeah, it's it's definitely looking like it could be a cool system. Next, in general, um, I I really liked the planetary textures. Also, just seeing how much how much variety we're getting, despite you know you, you look at the other games out there, not to name any names, and their locations are procedurally generated and it makes it vast and so many locations to go to, but it's all just variations on a theme and starts to look paint by numbers. Whereas here, I mean, every single moon in the Stanton system alone has its own personality and that's one system. Now, granted, I doubt other systems are going to have, you know, different moons than even Stanton with the, with maybe some exceptions, but you know, you look and you see that and you're like, wow. First of all, you, you immediately go, oh, this is why they did this first. Because <laughs> there's so many planetary and, and lunar bodies. And then um, I also really like the showroom at Crusader. I thought it just looks really super classy. And I'm excited to see, because you know they're going to put a convention center mm-hmm. in Crusader. They have yeah. to. And I'm excited to see what that looks like, because I'm sure it's going to be really awesome. I feel like it's going to be next level, even compared to New Babbage's. Um, <clears throat> so also last week we got a, a pretty in-depth star citizen live. So, you know, we didn't get to have to see some random piece of something being built by someone. Um, instead we got the, the U S um, PU team, uh, and just some of the highlights from that episode. Uh, they talked a lot about physicalized cargo and how, you know, right now, Cargo just appears in the ship, but, you know, with physicalized cargo, we'll actually have to move it around. They discussed how physicalized cargo and hangars uh, will will work together, uh, and that'll sort of create a loop. Um, they did mention the physicalization of the saddlebags for the prospector and mole, and that they'll eventually be able to be um, manipulated and moved and all that fun stuff. Um then sorry i got a random text from one of my friends and it was just it was a curse word i'm like is this because of the thunder and lightning (laughs) um anyway and then uh you know they talked about how once cargo's physicalized it could be damaged destroyed you know and that could impact the value uh they're going to be moving towards more procedural character generation particularly with npcs so that we won't be seeing um, uh, so we won't be seeing all of these similar looking, uh, NPCs all over the place. They also mentioned that NPCs will be persistent. And if we see an NPC in a location, chances are we'll be able to see them again, unless they're traveling there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about how persistent hangers are different from, uh, personal hangers, although personal hangers are types of persistent hangers and, they went a little bit into detail about how they're going to be able to have all of those. Essentially there won't be a landing, you know, a door to every single hangar that's in there. It'll be sort of faked almost like the elevator system or something. Um, hangers will have freight elevators to move cargo around. Uh, they do want you to be able to sell your ship in game, including ones that you bought for real money. Um, as well as stolen ships, etc. Cargo transfer is going to be changing from spawning and despawning. It'll involve uh, moving cargo to and from your ship. 
and they've been thinking about how much they're going to charge for cargo being stored at one of the depots or, or at some location that's not your own private location. So that's some of the many things that they talked about. Um, Seagard, what are your thoughts? How'd you feel about that episode? What'd you like? I, Is there anything like you the heard cargo. that surprised you? Uh, you know, it's funny. It was the, one of the innocent comments that surprised me. Someone joked about having an LTI forklift. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought, I would buy that. I mean, they will. Let's <laughs> face it. I, they'll have forklifts for yeah, sure. And, and then I thought about it and I said, you know, if you have a forklift like at Lowe's, they just literally hook them on the back of the truck. So mm-hmm. if I was going to load a ship, you know, my brain always goes this way. If I'm loading up a ship like a freelancer, I can't park the floor. I would take the forklift and load the last load on the on the splines and set the whole vehicle in and drop it to the cargo grid. Mm. The problem is you have the turret there. And I, I was like, huh. So that could be an advantage or a disadvantage for a smaller ship where the turret's located. Yeah. You can carry less because you can't get your forklift in there. So there's all these little things that sort of pop into my head. And it's just an interesting little dynamic because I, I truly believe that the advantages of some ships is going to be able to go to remote places and self-load themselves. Yeah. You're not going to be able to self-load a whole sea. You, just, you don't have enough daylight. Yeah. Um, but uh, you might be able to do a Phoenix constellation or maybe a MR, or a MRL, what is it, MLR, MSR. <laughs> um, or a max, but you're not going to get much. You're certainly, it's going to be tough to do a caterpillar. Yeah. So how is that going to, is that a differentiator between cargo ships? You know, yeah. and they have them in the real world. You have coastal ships, you have, um, we well, have, you know, deep ocean ships, then you have uh, mega ships in the deep ocean also, and then you have coastal ships, um, and then you have tramps, and tramps usually have a lot of cranes on board, and they go, they're smaller, and they go to the more remote ports that big ships can't get into. And they steam up and down the, the coasts. So I just think that there's, there's system ships and interstellar ships, and you get the idea. Yeah, definitely. All those differentiators um, are a big thing for me. Yeah, well, I'm surprised. I'm so shocked that you found the cargo stuff interesting as as the logistician in us in our group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> check off. You're engineering, right? Yep, I'm engineering. Oh, uh, so science, engineering, and logistics, right here. Yeah, did not do much engineering lately, but uh, that's only because. Well, actually, no, I did. I did some mining. Not in the new, not in 3.14, but in 3.13 quite a bit. Yeah. Actually, I'm looking forward, but I hear that there's not much going on with mining. Uh, looks like some of our, you know, uh, org members were trying to experiment with almost any, everything. We're looking for hadonite with a rock, and there's really nothing out there. Hmm. Flavius just brought back half a million of quantanium successfully. Oh, quantanium he did? Okay, yeah. so he found, so I guess rock he wasn't able to, wait, yeah. half half a million unrefined? Uh, I think he sold no. it at a half a million. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that, so it was probably fine. refined. Yeah. yeah, well, that's okay, so that's back to normal. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think that someone has to go test it, though. I think that, you know, Tone Deaf, yeah, Tone Deaf was the one who talked about it with me and Nick, and, you know, he, he wants to get a group of, you know, 
a, a caterpillar or something and two or three prospectors and go out there and mine for five days straight and see what they can do. <clears throat> right. I mean, no one's really testing it right now. Yeah. I don't think it's changed. I don't, I don't, I just suspect that nothing has changed in mining. I yeah, know. I know. I, I think so. in 313, I know that uh, rock mining changed in, in 13. So, you know, I, I know for a fact that did. I couldn't find any head and I. Well, yeah, but now we're in 314. So I think it's like 313. Yeah. Because people were still making money if they put their mind to it. What yeah. I don't know is if capacitors are involved in mining. I don't think so, but I yeah, can't say which, for sure. You know, I find that, you know, I'm looking, I'm just flying around the arena commander. And uh, how cool is that little uh, G-force meter on the HUD? Yeah, it's very neat. The whole right. thing looks great. Yeah. Maybe capacitors would play a part. I don't know. I, don't know. I guess we should test it. <laughs> uh, we should. Well, not, not, now if I only know how to use capacitors. Yeah. <laughs> that would be another thing. It's the power. It's the the power oh, triangle. It's, oh, it's the triangle. Oh, okay. I'm impacts, actually playing. Impacts the recharge rate of the capacitor. Okay. Yeah. I'm playing around with it right now, actually. Okay. okay yeah. Cool. Um, check off. What 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 did you like about Star Citizen Live? Anything jump out I, to you? Honestly, I that that one I I did not see. Can't, it's can't okay. really talk about it. We Sorry. forgive you. I I definitely the more I hear about sort of persistence and some of the loading and and, and physicalized cargo and everything, I know it's going to happen. But I just I sit there and I go. It sounds extremely exciting and really interesting, but I hope they find a way to balance the realism with the fun of the game, like with fun, you know, and I think that they I will. Know. I know. I think that they will. Um, and, it crossed my mind too. But I just sit there and I can just picture it being like, well, we're going to load the ship today. And, uh, you know, I, if you know me in real life, manual labor and I don't, yeah. don't get along with one another. And I don't think video game version of me would like it either, yeah. except I don't have to, you know, strain my muscles. <laughs> it's just, I want to fly my ship. <laughs> I was laughing because I, as I was, as I was thinking about it, other than the other thing I was, I was shocked by uh, when thinking about how it's going to work. I all I could, I just had this momentary flashback of being, in Germany, when I was a young lieutenant, walking down to my tank from the armory, when we would get alerts, and you would have two hours to get from your home if you didn't live in the barracks, and I didn't. You'd have two mm -hmm. hours to be in your tank, ready to go. Everything's ammo's loaded, everything's up and ready, but you would have to walk probably a good half mile to three quarters of three quarters of a mile, probably, with mm -hmm. a fifty caliber machine gun over your back. Uh, the barrels, someone else would have the barrels for you, but you'd have this, you know, 50 cal cage, casing, which is a lot of weight. It's like a jackhammer on your shoulders. And then you'd have two duffel bags worth of stuff, your normal gear, and then all your mop gear for chemical warfare and everything. And then you might have like the firing pin for your tank and code books and encryp encryption equipment. And you'd have to walk all the way down there. And all I could think about was in the, when they did it for the supply in the game or the just in the game, I went, 
man, am I going to have to, I'm going to need a duffel bag to drag all this crap into my ship and put it into <laughs> weapons racks. I mean, how am I going to carry four weapons to load up my weapons rack and all the ammo that's going to go in there? I'm going to need a cart. Yeah. You know? They'll create a way, I'm sure. I feel like they, I feel like they'll have like mobile weapons racks or crates or, you know what I mean? Like I can see, I can see them finding a way. And, yeah. and, the, the question becomes is, despite what they said in, in that Star Citizen Live, how much of it are they still trying to figure out? Because one of the things that oh, yeah. they sort of talked about that was interesting <clears throat> was the um, physicalized hangars and how that was going to f- facilitate cargo mm-hmm. for you. And then they sort of said, yeah... You know, here's an example of how things ebb and flow. The cargo depots were originally going to be the place where you were storing your cargo. And it sounds like there's still going to be this hand wavium where the cargo elevator is going to help you move that to the Mm -hmm. cargo depot. The question is, I mean, are you going to have to trolley your cargo to the cargo elevator and then take that elevator to the cargo depot and then unload the cargo into the section that you're renting um or did they realize that they maybe got ahead of themselves with the cargo depots uh, right. it, it, they sort of left that in the air hanging as as sort of like well we still got to figure out how that's going to work and that makes me slightly nervous <laughs> right 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 my guess is if i had to if i had to take a guess the cargo depots are going to be per- particularly important when you're leaving the station and you're trying to attribute the the cargo to someone else to give someone else the ability to take that and and move it somewhere. I, 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 you know, half of me wants it to be real so that an organization that works together, you know, especially like a crew can get things done if they're organized, right? That's mm -hmm. the difference between a good crew and a bad crew. You know, if you have if you have a bunch of trolleys already loaded up because you worked over the weekend loading supplies on it, you can just roll a trolley out to a ship and you're done. Yeah, right. Um, you know, others would you know oh, we got to make twenty different runs, but you yeah. know, it's funny how that you know I don't know how it's going to work. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see, and, yeah. and and we'll start. I'm sure we'll start to see vestiges of it early on. So, uh, so this week's episodes, um, we are going to see, um, on inside star citizen, it's going to be all about, um, improvements to arena commander, uh, various player versus player scenarios in the PU, as well as a talk with one of the senior systems designers, Ben Dorsey on day one development for jump town 2.0. Um, so that should be interesting. That comes out tomorrow. Uh, and then Friday we'll have another Star Citizen Live, but they haven't announced what that's going to be yet. Cool. Uh, now, to the best update, like I'm, I'm actually glad we ended up recording late for this particular update because it's more timely. But the roadmap roundup is extensive. Um, so I'm going to go through the list um, and forgive me because some of the stuff I am just going to read because it makes more sense. Uh, to just read it rather than try and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, shorten it. Sorry. I'm I'm trying to think of the word (laughs) anyway. 
So to the progress tracker, uh, first of all, live mission content team on the progress tracker, there'll be, there's a few name changes on the team roster and it's uh, indicative of some internal team changes that occurred recently. So historically content produced by star citizen location teams have been comprised of environment art and level design disciplines. This is changing moving forward, adding the mission design disciplines as well as additional support from the AI content team to the locations pipeline. They will be working together with level design and art to bring spaces to life with moment to moment gameplay. This means that the live mission content team is no longer its own team and is instead integrated into the locations teams, including their deliverables. The live mission content team's data will now end in Q3 2021, but will be maintained on the roadmap as a reference. Um, so I think that's awesome from the standpoint of um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm like commenting on this stuff as we go along because I feel like that was too much information to actually um, not disseminate. I think what's interesting about that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but now it sounds like as locations are coming out, so is the content. That's cool. Right, because the AI teams and the the mission teams are going to be embedded in this team, and so it feels like they're 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 gearing up for a lot of a, a big push. So versus right now, we got Crusader, and it's great, but that's not like there's anything to do there. It's just a really cool place to go. Yep, yeah. agreed. Sorry, I'm like Bueller. <laughs> No, no. I'm, I'm taking Anybody a, here? <laughs> I'm taking a pill and drinking lemonade. Oh, there you go. Mmm, lemonade. Um, so anyway, the Landing Zone 1 content team is now being called EU Landing Zone. MTL Modular um, is renamed to MTL Sandbox 1. Uh, modular is renamed to EU Sandbox 1. There will also be a new team added to the roadmap <clears throat> very soon named EU Sandbox 2. Keep an eye out for that in the future patch. Now onwards, additional progress track tracker dates. I realized I think I'm accidentally left one of the things on here from last week. No wonder I was confused. Um, so newly added added deliverables, and this is extensive. So there's targeting version two, expansion of the targeting system to support missiles with improved management of targets for both the pilot and crew of the ship. Then we have plasma ammunition. Further work on this damage type will cause damage over time to actors, vehicles, and ships. Larger weapons of this type will also leave behind a hazard, causing further damage to anything in close proximity. This will fulfill the original version vision uh, that they had for plasma weapons uh, that we already have in game and those that we have planned for the future. Then there's incendiary ammunition. Ammunition. This is a new ballistic projectile that burns on impact, causing the target to take damage over time and potentially causing items in the environment to catch fire, which we've been seeing a lot of fire lately, so that sounds interesting. Uh, There's disarray ammunition. This is a new charged ballistic projectile that emits electromagnetic pulses, helping to not only damage the target but also disrupt power systems. Space Mines. Uh, In space, players and certain ships will be able to gain the ability to release different types of space mines in a coordinated fashion in an attempt to trap damage and capture enemies or set up defensive perimeters. Nautilus. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing I was thinking. Um, save slash load. This feature will handle the creation of a save system across Squadron 42, including player data, checkpoints, and UI. Part of the system will also store and load dynamic entities, NPC positions, and data associated with object containers. My goodness, can you guys hear that thunder? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought um, it was my stomach. Sorry. Sometimes it sounds like my stomach, so I understand. Uh, aerodynamic control surfaces. Ships with control su- surfaces will be able to use them in atmospheres to aid their maneuverability. This will allow for improved performance from ships that have weak maneuvering thrusters in atmosphere and bring new depth to aerodynamic flight and game. Uh, ready? Here come even better things mm-hmm. um, for Chekhov and Seaguard. I think both of you will be interested in at least one of these. Crusader Genesis Starliner. Oh, yeah. Building, implementing, and balancing Crusader's passenger mm. transport, the Genesis Starliner, as a flight-ready vehicle. I have one. That's right, good. Cool. RSI <clears throat> Orion. Building, implementing, and balancing RSI's mining platform, the Orion, as a fleet-ready vehicle. Um, and then last but not least to this is um, RSI Lynx. Building, implementing, and, you know, uh, whatever. You guys know. Links in-game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why am I repeating all this? It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, so like Orion th- that's would be pretty nice. exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. Orion would be very interesting. Yeah. I, and I would imagine that will also lead to more mining mechanics. Like, the th- that'll probably be when they flesh out mining for, the for you know. Well, that, that also has tractor beams involved. Yeah. As... Um, Laser, it has, yeah, there's lasers, tractor beams, it has um, refinement, mm-hmm. and it has drones. It has yeah. drones. I think it has drones too. Yeah, it does. Um, what's so outside of the ships that we just mentioned, what else is really interesting to you guys? <clears throat> Anything exciting from that list? Uh, Mostly ships. Yeah, I I actually I love the ships, but I actually find now that I I have so many that I want more um, improvements. I think the realignment of the teams is interesting. Yeah, Um, hopefully that means what what I mentioned earlier. Yeah, if they're producing more sites, if there's a focus now on generating site detail after site detail and events around those details and putting AI on those sites. It'll be a lot better than just showing up there and looking at that one guy across the counter from me. Yeah. yeah um, now, a couple, a few deliverables were either temporarily removed or brought back to the progress tracker. So here's what's been removed uh, cutting tier two, charge drain tier zero, ground vehicles version two, Akiro cluster, uh, ground scramble race. Reputation gates for missions, counterfeiting slash data download mission, um, and then those that are returning that were originally removed, uh, dynamic population, ladders tier one, and actor status tier two. So a little bit of a movement there. Uh, Anything disappointing that that was removed for anyone? I think the... um... The racing tier two only from the sense of Grim Hex. You know, a lot of the things you just mentioned are tied mm-hmm. to things like Grim around Grim Hex, right? They set up that whole 
sports betting bar area, mm. which is really a cool area. Um, you know, well, the, the racing is ground scramble race, so it's not not, not space around racing. Grim, yeah. Okay, because I I would like to see Grim Hex get fleshed out the way it's yeah. set up. I think they did a, you know, it's way better than it was before they before they put the hang or since they put the hangers in. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think. Um, I think I do think Grim Hex is a is a cool place right now. It's doesn't have quite the vibe of a criminal hangout. But seems a little too passive. But I would like to see a little more um, gambling and open drug dealing and things like that. Right? And if it's supposed to be this, you know, this place of irrefute and piracy, yeah. it should be like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride from Disney. No, it's like the most obviously. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it never... actually got quieter. I mean, over time, yeah. it used to be, you couldn't fly up to it, you would get ambushed now. It's just yeah. kind of pretty much yeah. a safe safe place to go. For a while, yeah. it was safer to go there than it was to go to Port Allosaur. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, seriously. That's... <laughs> no joke. <laughs> um. So, in more exciting news, I think what's also exciting is the change to the release view. Um, So, here are some of the cards. Well, not some. Here are the cards that have been added to the release view. Uh, First of all, 315 has had a lot more things added to it. So, um, first and foremost, New Babbage Hospital and Orison Hospital, where you'll actually... Um, be healed and revived as well as be able to purchase medical supplies and life insurance as well as uh, space station clinics and rest stops uh, where you can be healed, purchase supplies and life insurance uh, as well as the clinic at Grimhex. Um, so those are great. I think, I think we expected all of those, but maybe not, maybe they didn't add them in, in such detail, but that's nice to know they're coming. Here's some of the other things that are added that I think even more interesting. Uh, Loot generation tier zero. So implementing the systems that generate containers throughout the PU that contain dynamically populated randomized loot. Good. Um, The asset manager MobiGlass app. So in support of localized inventories, the asset manager will keep track of all player owned items when they're stored and where they need to go to pick up, transfer and equip them. Uh, Mm -hmm. physical slash local inventory support, adjusting shops and the vehicle management app to support the required API changes for players, local and physical inventories. Some of the transaction code will also be refactored and several additional debugging options are being added so that they can identify problems and resolve bugs faster. The VMA will be updated so a player can only adjust their ship's loadout if they're in a location where they are currently storing other ship-related items. Um, Infiltrate and defend missions. Underground facilities are the first place to benefit from the addition of spawn closets, which allow us to expand the suite of missions taking place there. Missions range from all-out assaults to situations where you may be able to complete objectives without the need to engage in combat at all, and include both lawful and lawful variants. Um, did I say lawful twice? Lawful and yeah, unlawful. Variants. Unlawful. Yeah. yeah. 
updates uh, to Broken Moon Map, updating Arena Commander's Broken Moon Map by increasing overall size, adding new playable areas, more cover options, and new space assets. Uh, shops and patrons vastly expand the interactive usables needed for assortment of shops and patrons. We'll be populating dozens of shops with the vendor behavior previously seen in the bartender. This will include the coffee stand, pizza bar, kiosks, and more. Uh, doctor and nurse AI behaviors. When the player respawns in the medical bed, they'll be greeted by a doctor with dialogue, and a nurse can be seen in the background interacting with various medical-themed usables, the medical tray, the IV drip, and expect inspecting the medical cabinet. This will add life and movement to the patient's room when he or she awakes. I added the he or she because they didn't have it. I don't know why. Uh, mm. Injured players that enter the room will also be greeted by the doctor and encouraged to heal themselves in the medical bed. Uh, and then completely unexpected is they pushed up Orison version 2. This feature originally slated for Q4 mm. release window has been moved up to release during the 315 patch cycle. So we got a, something a patch early for once. Um, wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, very very ambitious. And you were talking about the uh, Citizen Con. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be maybe maybe that closed shop in in the shopping center, the Crusader Industries building, and it'll probably include the change with the, um, you know, with the uh, convention center being built. We might not see that until uh, IAE, but still. Um, and then in three sixteen, the uh, they'll be adding uh, the hospital for area eighteen. In three seventeen, they'll be adding the Lorville Hospital, Maria Pure of Heart. Um, mm. One. One ship was removed, or not one ship, <laughs> one item was removed from the roadmap, and that was from 315, the ship interior object container streaming, which I'm a little sad about. Um, but this feature is being rescheduled due to other core tech tasks taking a higher priority. For what this reason, mean? they're removing the card. What does that mean? It sort of means that um, it, it helps reduce, in other words, it turn, turns the ship interior into object containers in their own right versus um you know versus not and then that means that if if no one's in the ship the interior assets don't stream in okay so it's a performance it should have it should have been a performance improvement okay so do we think we're going to still get the um improved type of cargo where you can load individual boxes in well that's not slated for 315 anyway Okay, okay. Yeah, but I would imagine they need ship interior OC streaming for cargo since they're physicalizing it and it'll end up being individual assets. I would imagine they sort of need that or some other improvements. Um, So anything anything super, super exciting for any of you guys? I thought it was a pretty good addition and change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, there's lots of things. Well, Orson getting moved up. Looting, looting. I'm really looking forward to looting. I was pleasantly surprised at that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun if they can tie that to the rescue missions, right? That was always a fun mission. Go to erect ship, find the bodies, or maybe now it'll be, you know, rescue the bodies and 
especially if there's dangers there, right? There's fires or there's, um, you know, mines or something. Yeah. Or even bad guys, right? Maybe it's bad guys that are still there and you got to fight it out with them. But I think they can, I, I, we used to be able to find things like bottles of whiskey and shotguns and sniper rifles and things when we yeah, went like and found Rex. Correa. <laughs> Remember that? The cigars yeah. and the. Yeah. yeah. And, and you used to be, you know, you used to be around yellow. You used to be, yep. you see like a smudge of green light and that would be the indication there's a wreck over there. Oh, uh, yeah. And you could find I don't it. remember that. Oh, no, it used to be cool. It used to be, a, in fact, there was one point where you had two starfarers that were, had collided. And they uh-huh. were broken up into this giant wreck and in floating in space in the asteroid. I remember the starfarers, yeah. Yeah, you know, all that stuff with the, it had like the, the lightning and or the power arcs and stuff like that. <clears throat> but I yeah. think we all like the rescue missions. I think that's cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm excited for anything that that sort of adds some dynamic element to the game, and especially since they're systematizing it. Oh, goodness, that is some <laughs> loud, loud lightning and thunder. Um, so that's that's it for the roadmap roundup. Much more extensive than our past few. Um, so that leaves us with our relatively new segment here where we're, we'd like to compare some ships. Uh, Seaguard, have you given it any thought to what ships you want to talk about today? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think uh, I got this one from uh, bloody badger and I think it was a good one was to look at like the, uh, you know, the medium size, let's say. Um, so let's say the the C2 Hercules mm-hmm. and the M2 Hercules and the Caterpillar. Um, you know, they're all good sized ships and, um, you know, they have each of their merits. And, um, I think the comparison of those would be, would be good. Um, you know, I, I definitely looking at, again, this is from the practicality <laughs> and the playability thing. I think that they each bring something a little different. They all bring decent cargo. Uh, one, certainly two of them bring in the ability to carry vehicles. But uh, from a cargo perspective, they all carry good amount, good amount of cargo. Uh, but the Caterpillar is certainly a neat ship. It's different design, and it's got a crew of up to four with two good sized turrets on it. I mean, they got some mm-hmm. big weapons on it. Um, it's fairly fast. It's you know, it's it's a decent, well armed cargo ship, right? Uh, with a good practical load and definitely gets an A plus because of the interior layout and the the feel of it, right? Um, when you look at the M two and the the M two and the C two, one is a three person crew and the other one's a two person crew, which is an advantage. But they do have smaller amounts of weapons, yeah, <clears throat> um, and they're not as big a weapon. Um, I guess they have more weapons, but they're not as big a weapon. Um, flyability though, I'd give them the edge. I mean, they, you know, they are very easy to fly. And, uh, I, I tend to like the, the, uh, Caterpillar more. I find that a more interesting ship to me. Um, and I, I think to me, the C2 and the M2 have a little bit of a sterile feel to them. 
They were a little more yeah. grubby on the inside, a little more rusted. I would like them a little bit more. Um, but from from the functionality and play and how much fun I have in them, I would have to go with the Caterpillar. What do you yeah, guys think? Yeah, I mean, the Caterpillar is super moody and just gives this like... I don't know. I guess for some reason, cargo hauling to me seems like sort of like a, I I just always think of like someone who's been on a, an older ship that, you know, is no frills. I don't think of cargo hauling as something as nice as, as the, uh, the crusader ships. Um, I love both sets for different reasons. Right. I own neither of them. (laughs) um but you know aesthetically if i was just going off of just pure aesthetics not what the function is i actually like the the um mercury or (laughs) the hercules i'm like mercury yeah this is what happens when geeky doesn't have anything to drink um this is me on water (laughs) Um, (laughs) but you know in terms of the merits i don't know enough about either ship like especially between the two different Hercules variants um, to know one way or another. Um, But yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty awesome. I will say the Hercules seems like it would be a little easier to load and unload since it has both doors. Right. From a cargo perspective, I suspect so. Yeah. Um, Although, I mean, look, the, um, the Caterpillar has all those different sections, so it might help. It might help maybe having different stops or, um, you know, because those, those, uh, door, the clamshell doors will eventually have each one will have their own elevator. Right. Um, so you might be able to unload that one pretty quickly too. Yeah. One feels like an airplane to me. The Hercules feel like an airplane. Yeah. The Caterpillar feels like a ship. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you, Chekhov? What do you think? Yeah, Caterpillar feels like a Caterpillar. I always love the Caterpillar. I did a lot of cargo hauling in it. Uh, it, it has the, definitely that cool industrial vibe to it. I was uh, not, not a huge fan of the, of the Hercules when it came out. I think it's a great vehicle hauler. Those, you know, the huge doors in and out, you know, makes it uh, real... A really a great ship for vehicles for cargo uh yeah i my preference would still be the caterpillar yeah that's mine too yeah so i think that's our i think that's our rundown we got yeah one uh one from aesthetics liking the c2s and the m2 uh and they're all good and then two of us from more from an aesthetic side liking the feel of the caterpillar yeah uh I mean, I, I love both. I could just see the Caterpillar has more what feels like gameplay, which is probably why they made it the, the, the prison transport ship in, in that one mission, the, the Twitch mission, because um, it kind of feels like a mission <laughs> location in and of itself with the catwalks and everything. Yeah. Um, so that leads us to our next segment, uh, does, uh, you know, we we all know what it is. Is anyone prepared for something? Oh no! I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory, but we'll have to do some science. <laughs> At some point, we need to actually get like yeah. 
little intros for everything. I actually have um, I actually have an intro for a segment we don't we haven't even launched yet, which is Tavo's tips. Yeah, um, I haven't talked to him. Tavo, Tavo and Cody worked on a theme for that, so I have oh, it. Um, it should be really interesting once we um, once we have that. Uh, session but tavo's been really busy so he said he'll once he once he's uh ready to we'll launch that that segment but uh for those who don't know this is for science and everything uh that we do is usually in the name of science but in this segment we talk about something we did either to test the game or to see what would happen if we did x y or z um in an effort to <coughs> science the heck out of things so, Seagard, you said you had a, a hypothesis of some sort. Yeah, I was just I, a theory on uh, a, a theory that it's going to be for science. That's what that's what I was theories lead to. Anyway, oh. yeah. So, uh, actually, I'll tell you what I've been doing. So, um, you know, a little bit of three fourteen. Um, certainly trying out three fourteen. I did a little bit of stuff with the scanner, trying to figure out the scanners. Um, I also helped the Badger, or um, Flavius the other day. We were trying to figure out how to switch between guns and assign a button on your joystick to switch between guns and missiles. Mm-hmm. And we were able to find that. And then uh, also was playing with pinning targets, actually locking targets and pinning targets. And I found a selection. So I I use a thumb hat on my joystick to target lock Mm -hmm. and pin and then i cycle left and right on the hat hostiles to one side attackers on the next on the other side and then down is to unlock and unpin um so it's four positions but i found that in the new button layouts locking is pushing is basically pushing the button once so i push it the hat up to lock Mm -hmm. and pinning it is is when you hold it up and the, okay. it's the opposite to unlock it and unpin it. Because I want to see what the real difference is about pinning. I don't know many of us that use pinning. Yeah, like no one. I don't think anybody uses pinning. I yeah. think pinning is for, for, for turrets, right? When you, yeah. uh, when you pin someone, you can let other players shoot that target, right? Yeah, it's, ah. it shows up on other players' uh, HUDs so that they can see who's pinned. So it seems like it'll be mostly used for um if someone has a um like a command and control scenario or with turrets um then pinning seems to make a lot of sense yeah like on the hammerhead for example exactly you, you have two two turrets facing in one direction so somebody says okay you know let me pin this so we both go at it you know, I thought like it also got you more detailed information over time about that target. Uh, I am uncertain there. Now, uh, Sigurd, why would you need to toggle between weapons and missiles? So guns right now, one. you can only fire missiles or you can fire your guns. You can't have both yeah. working all the time. You actually, oh. you actually, That's you know, before I could be locking a missile and pulling the trigger at the gun at the same time. 
Yeah, I, I yeah I noticed that there's no setting to lock the missile, right? There there is. Yeah, there is. But you have to select missiles as your primary weapon, and then you can lock it, and then you can fire it. Yeah. So the way it works, check off. Oh, like, so wow. I'm mousing. I'm mousing keyboard. So it's a little different, obviously. But the the old setting used to be you would use the scroll wheel for everything, and now you press the scroll wheel to essentially turn missile operator mode on. And then it auto locks whoever you're targeting as soon as you can get a lock on it. And you wait to get the most str- strong lock that you can. And oh, then so it, left- it automatically locks once you in yeah. a missile mode. Yeah, so, and then so- left mouse fires the missiles. Left mouse button fires the missiles. Right mouse button selects how many missiles you want to wanna lob at them at once. Okay, yeah. yeah and so you can change fun. the type of missile now too. Yeah, by scrolling, right? And I do everything it? off a joystick and a hotel, so I have to remap that stuff. Yeah, um, that's exactly the screen that I'm in right now. Now, what I haven't <laughs> what I haven't tried is if I lock if I pin two targets, mm-hmm. I technically could lock a missile on each one, and I and they would be able to fire both. I wonder if they would go after two different targets. I think it depends on what ship you have. Certain ships are able to lock on multiple targets at once, and certain aren't. And I can't remember which ones. Three twenty-one was supposed to have a special missile system, a targeting system. So I was wondering. Yeah, I, I do want to try that. Um, the other, well, and and beyond that, so another thing that's been um, Haymar, um, along with. Uh, Tone Deaf had talked to me about a couple different things. One one of them I already talked about, which Tone Deaf had mentioned, was the mining, the consecutive five days or two weeks worth of mining to see how much money he could make and the best way to coordinate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to get that started with him. Uh, the other one I'm working, just getting, um, joining Hamar. It was Hamar's idea to actually start looking at the Star Citizen tool or the SC tools, trade tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and verifying how that how how accurate it is, which we found it to be fairly accurate, uh, with the exception of the amount of material or amount of units that are produced per minute, and that's because we weren't conf- we weren't in our mind we weren't sure that the number of units a site would make per minute was spread across all the servers or just one server. There was a oh, there hmm. was a theory that it was spread across all servers. So if I made if this one site Humbrol makes twelve thousand units per minute of titanium, mm-hmm. sometimes you would show up there and you would only find three three units, not twelve thousand, and yeah. it would take you an hour to get back to where it is. Well, a couple of people have said that they are confident that they have heard and have. They're convinced that it is spread across all active servers. Hmm. So if you had twelve thousand units per minute and you have a thousand servers, thousand per minute. That's so right? interesting, right? So we're we are taking on a little mini quest. We're going to meet on Wednesdays. Um, today was kind of we couldn't really talk too much about it because we had the podcast moved. But Sorry, guys. No, 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 no. it's okay. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that we're going to meet on a regular day 
Wednesday, probably. Um, and we're going to start at the same time in the same ships with the same amount of money. And we're going to fly the exact same routes, but not on the same servers. Oh, interesting. Right. And we're going to try to replicate ourselves and see what the changes are. And then at the same time, we'll confirm, is the price the same at the same location? Is the selling price the same when you sell it? <clears throat> How accurate is 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 it being recorded and predicted in Star Citizen or SC Tools? We right mm-hmm. now it's very accurate. It's the best of the trade tools I've found, um, and it uses real files from the game. And then we're looking for that optimum route. That's Larenite will make you a lot of money, but yeah, there's not a lot of it. But sometimes yeah. things like aluminum. Are readily available, and you can make twenty cents a unit. Well, if you want to make a million units, you might have to make ten runs. But oh no, it'll be Aluminum. very, it'll Aluminum. be very, con, con, it'll be very consistent. Aluminum, so, you will lose money. I will guarantee you that. Well, it's twenty. It's, testing it out. It's twenty AUC AUEC per unit profit. Okay, I. Uh... When I refined aluminum, the only thing I could tell you, after fueling up, uh, I was in a negative. Well, we won't be refining. We'll be we'll be buying it as a as a item, a unit. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. For I, trade. I missed your point. You, you're trading yeah. it. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And I thought you were. You we're were looking refining. for that amount we can put a lot of it in for a, re- a relatively low price into a bigger ship, so oh, okay. the profit per run goes up. And then if we want to make money for the unit and we need to make 10 runs to make a million, then we can bring 10 ships in. Just take a Wednesday night, get the logistics guys together and say, each one does two runs. We'll have a million credits. Right? I mean, that's the power of the org. So we're looking for those those factors that will let us predict what's what's going on. And I'll I'll check it. I'll bring it up again in a, in a month or so, and we'll see where we are. So nice. That's my other science thing going on. Cool. That's great. Um, excellent. I mean, I have not done anything for science in this past week. I've just been playing the game a little bit here and there. Um, you need to you do know, scanners. I know. I, I did test them in the PU, PTU, but I haven't tested them since we went to live. And I really want to, I, I think that would be a good sort of task to do for like a mining op um have people test out the scanners and see if we can see some sort of trend um because it is still slightly confusing the way that it's done and they don't really they didn't really do a phenomenal job of describing um what i'm seeing at least you Mm -hmm. know um so i guess we'll see but uh cool uh, come back to me see- after we do checkoffs and I'll, yeah. or F and mm-hmm. yours, and then come back to me because I got one more comment I want to make. Yeah, I, I didn't do much. I'm actually playing around with a triangle and uh, I was trying to see if I can set a, a hat on the joystick just to go max weapons, max shields, and then max engine, and then reset. I, I don't, I mean, there's about a dozen settings. I just don't know if you need to be that granular right now. Maybe you do. I guess I'll let you know how it comes out. I'm just going, like I said, max all the way. 
So, so people are people are saying that. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe max in one area because it's not. It's not like you can't do the other things. It's just the prioritization of it. Right. Um, but I have heard a lot of people are really liking the uh, the the fact that now the power triangle actually does something. Yeah, which is cool. Like I said, that's why I set it to the joystick. So now when I go into battle, I can just max out my weapons, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's say if I'm, you know, if I'm really taking a beating on the shields right away, I flick it back to the shields. Uh, you know, then for now I'm just using it as a max. Yeah, uh, I, I guess you... there's a purpose to the engines, which is, I I, I don't know what that is though right now. What, no, you what, are what, using it's the boost. You're using the hat, right? You're using the hat. Yeah, the hat, right? Yeah, because I actually mapped mine along a while back, and it was I used up. I, I mapped the triangle basically. Up was one setting, left was shields, and right was uh, oh, it was weapons to the left, shields to the right, and right engines to the top, and then reset it was to the bottom. Yeah, I have kind of the same thing. Yeah. That's that's what I that's what I'm doing. Uh, oh, so so yeah. So see, that's that's kind of interesting because in in a dogfight, you kind of do need a boost. So you may have to balance sometimes your weapons with the engine. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. You may right. need to boost more often, especially. I I can picture it becoming more relevant now with missile operator mode because the missiles you can outrun them so you may want that boost real quick yeah it is quick it's on a hat so it's just click boom i'm you know and i'm there no uh, i know that's what i'm saying in other words like that's why you don't want to necessarily completely um you know change the power consumption so that you don't you don't get any you know that your boost is relatively slow mm-hmm what recharge rate that is. Um, so do we know, do we like, there's two other things that are adjustable really well in the game. One is the coolers, right? You can increase or decrease the mm-hmm. performance of the coolers. But and we way, also have, new? I'm sorry, is that new? No, it's always been there. We just never do it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, our engines overheat all the time. Maybe it's tied to the coolers. I've never really tried it. Well, um, did you notice that they don't in three fourteen? The engines don't overheat. I hadn't huh. noticed that. Yeah, because now overheating isn't. So the whole idea is overheating is no longer a short, like it's it's not a a momentary. This is this is what's going to mess up your ship right now in the moment during combat. It's going to be more of a. This is how you mess up your ship long term. This is how you start to have problems with your engines Wear when you're in the middle of quantum. Um, and things like that when you when you overheat too often. Okay. Now, what about like so? Is are the coolers able to be controlled by the co-pilot, and are the shields are being able to be controlled by the pilot, like shield facings? Good question. Well, first of all, depending on the size of the ship, it it won't matter because smaller ships now only have one shield. It's just the the shield. Right, so they moved it to a bubble shield, where it's depl- any any side of the shield that you're hitting is depleting the whole shield. 
Mm -hmm. um, okay, interesting. Whereas larger ships, you can actually control the shield face. I don't know if they did anything about allowing you to control that. And I also don't know if uh, manipulating coolers right now is going to make any difference whatsoever because the wear and tear on the components just isn't there yet. Glad I walk everywhere and I'm glad I don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um good stuff though was there anything else you wanted to bring up seaguard you you said you wanted us to go first and then you would of course now i can't and uh of course i can't think about it right now <laughs> oh, I, I drew a blank on it oh i should have said it no oh, well, it you go if ahead it pops go ahead. in your I'll... head you let us know yeah because we still haven't heard what you think oh you didn't do that. That's right. You said you didn't do anything up front. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. I was going to yeah. say, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Just playing. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, the, now, speaking of questions, we got a ton of responses to Seaguard's question as per usual. So, let's let's dive right into that. And as a refresher, last week, Seaguard had asked, taking into account Crusader's upgrade in 314, what is your least likely planetary area, uh, uh, and I'm guessing to complete that, to go to MY. Um, some people, just so you know, um, misread it and thought it was the most likely. So, um, okay, well, that's, I'll, I'll that's qualify good. That. That's good. Um, yeah. Admiral Pete said, Hurston, specifically Lauraville, so far, due to the incredible amount of time it takes to get anywhere. Nubkin said, Arc Corp, only because there doesn't seem to be much as far as missions around that area. Most seem to be located around Crusader and Hurston. Um, Boris Kraken said, probably Hurston due to its layout. As Nub said, Arc Corp has less to do, but it functions better as a place to get around. Uh, P.S. Seaguard, have you stopped pronouncing names wrong and now spelling them wrong? Roll on the floor laughing. Who did I spell wrong? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, you spelled Hurston wrong. Oh. Right. <laughs> you, you spelled it Hurst 10. And oh, I mean, maybe it's not Hurston. Yeah, Hurst 10. And then Arc Corp, you spelled A-R-K-C-O-R-P. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, you're going for a different vibe. Um, <laughs> J.D. Boone is, I think, one of the people who misread. He said, Crusader, it's beautiful. Oh, Either that good. or he likes ugly planets. Yeah. Um, uh, MK3 Generic said, Arc Corp, it's an almost fully covered planet, yet all the stores players would need are conveniently placed in the same area. One of the most elite places in the verse is the MMHC. It's just minutes away on foot from a Kansaba outlet. I don't know. What does MMHC stand for? Oh, and then he said, while everything on Hurston is more spread out and thus a bit more of a hassle, feels much more grounded and aids in the immersion. There's a balance to, to tread, and I believe Area 18 does not fully deliver on that. MMHC. I don't know. What is that? It's not Microtech. One of the most elite places in the verse. If it comes into my head, I'll think of it. Um, 
Jandal said, there goes the balloon chair again. <laughs> uh, Jandal said, I really like sure. all of the planetary starter zones, <laughs> but I've spent too much time on Everest Harbor Station above Hurston for the last couple of patches, and I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Seth Mavros says, I'd say Arc Corp as well. In a full planet city, I would need more places to land, more connections. I am sure they'll deliver later, but right now it feels quite empty for what it's supposed to be. Uh, Nightshade um, 07 slash salute says, I have to say Arc Corp. Sometimes it could be difficult to find your hangar if in a small ship, and it can be very turbulent to land some ships at that spaceport. I have gotten more... um, CS1 charges, crime stat one charges for getting blown out of the bounds of my, in my Tana than I care to remember. Also for a city as big as a planet, there needs to be more missions and points of interest on the planet. Yes. Earth says, yeah. Earth says our corp for me, um, for the reasons stated above would be nice to have several city locations on the planet for points of interest, areas of trade and planet side refinery, Maybe a ground vehicle racetrack. I'm sure more is coming, but right now it is a planet with pretty much a single point of interest. Um, Loon says Arc Corporal Lorville. And then he um, sort of went on like a little bit of a hashtag rant, um, which I'm very happy to read the whole thing because it's it's interesting. Uh, he, <clears throat> he said TLDR. Uh, CIG needs to figure out this single core rendering thing for anyone to have a smooth experience. For me, the only CI I can even navigate with over 10 FPS on low now is Arc Corp. But in PTU, I was getting average 30 to 45 frames per second on high to medium. Now, whatever they did in the last patch to PTU has also made it just as bad in the P- PTU. I'm guessing one's PU and one's PTU. PTU yeah. Uh, this is one of the worst updates yet for many reasons, mostly just things worked out great in the PTU sans mining scanner with incorrect amounts and, and the whole minus one second start on the cargo instability countdown that I've gotten over two dozen times now, uh, or two dozen times now fixed in PTU. I understand it's mostly because of the, the RT or render thread performance. I regularly look at data in the game file and always have display info equals three running since I rebuilt my system in late 2019 when I joined read. So I have noticed a significant increase to the percentage usages um, since 3.12. I had the suspicion that all things CIG have been doing graphically is just too much to handle as it sits right now with such high single core usage for the render thread utilizing on my system anyway, between 27 to 40% on MTLV, et cetera, that have areas with a lot of smoke, fog, clouds, holograms, et cetera. All right, I'm taking a deep breath for a second there. If you look at the number of entities or physical items and NPCs, I would say Orison is between 65 to 85K plus entities, depending on where you are. And the RT percent number would be pegged to 35, sometimes 40% usage string and 10 or 8 to 15 FPS. But go to area 18 and the same or close to the same number of entities. And I get 30 to 40 FPS constant, except with when a high graphics area like our current business district where the RT is around 15 to 22%. Anywhere else, it's down to 0%, and I'm getting smooth 
40 to 50 SPF. FPS, <laughs> SPF. I'm going out in the sun. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I understand that we'll be sharing the render thread to multiple cores in future updates. But as it is now, even if I upgrade to say uh, 5950x, maybe even what's coming out in Q1 of 22, this bottleneck on the render thread is what is just wrecking FPS and general performance of the game. The other issues with the new patch are also a big problem. Ships are getting destroyed and stuck in claim limbo. I am left with only my prospector and rented cuddy when I have to drop off or find goods. Sometimes my ship gets stuck in a weird condition coming out of QT where my controls are completely swapped to the other axes, and I have to get up and hope that I don't get trapped in the chair after I stand because the only way out of that is to die, which then presents me with having... Um, flying out and risk abandoning a second ship and possibly getting it sent to the void of unclaimed. Then there's the new scanning and ping problems, inaccurate readings on asteroids consistently, and the numbers are just stupid in the 6k percent range. And when you use the mining scanner, it'll be like 2% quantanium or what have you. Just a few thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to sum it up, um, I think what he's really trying to say is um, it's either Arc Corp or Lorville. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Loon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel bad. He put that much thought into it and I misspelled names. <laughs> I mean, I did TLDR, but it was too long did read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, how do you guys feel? What what place are you least likely to go to, Seaguard? Um, right, right now, I will tell you, it's probably Crusader. And how come? Is it the FPS or no, the distance? No, I, no, it's the distance. It's a lot of time. Um, it's a little bit of, I, I like it a lot, but I'm just, you know. I do fly kind of slow and I, you know, I just because I don't want to overwork the engines, even though it's not a thing, it's just me. I'm yeah. an idiot. And uh, yeah, I kind of dread going there because I'm like, it's going to take me forever. Right. You know, and, you know, but I like it. I, I think, and my most, my most, the one I like the most is probably, um, well, anyway, it, it's Alasar, or Crusader, I mean. Uh, but I, I, I will say that I like the I like what they did uh, with Crusader. Mm -hmm. um, at first, I was like, well, you know, some of it looks a little bit like a Disney ride with the little, especially the AirTac trams. They look the seats look like they're part of a Disney, you know, the hard plastic seats. And and then mm -hmm. I looked a little closer, and they're really not. Um, but it's about what you would expect in a commercial level, you know, in a place that uses them at that level, like a bus or something. Um, yeah. And, and while it looks nice, it's not as inside. It's not as nice as, let's say, Microtech. Microtech still has the most spectacular interiors, right? Yeah. I mean, um, so I, I like it. But yeah, it's a little tedious to get down to and everything else. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've landed there yet. 
I think I've only taken off from there. So, so landing would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it is. And, um, if you don't know what the spaceport looks like, you're going to have a hard time finding it by the way. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm an expert at finding it now. Um, check off. What about you? What's yeah, your least so... likely to visit? least likely very simple all pretty much all of the planets and uh, specifically crusader for the same reason as Sigurd said i am all about like space stations and getting out of the space as quickly as possible i mean mm-hmm. i just want to be out there i want to be in the ships i just want to play you know controls joysticks i mean that's what i'm all about mining you know doing missions uh, but again, Crusaders, like I said, it's beautiful, but uh, believe it or not, I'm stuck at Crusader at the moment. I haven't been able to get out because of 30Ks. <laughs> you know, the last time I, I came close getting out of the atmosphere and I crashed. So, yeah, it's way too long. I mean, I, I get it. It's all scale, you know, and we need that uh, to mm. be able to get out of that huge gas giant, but it's just way too much. I just don't have that much time to invest just to get out of atmosphere, you know? Yeah. Well, what, what gets me is, and maybe that's the thing is, is it, maybe it's the thickness of the atmosphere, but I also feel like because it's lower gravity, you'd think you'd be able to get out of there sooner. And, and one of the things that people kept saying before, before we actually got Crusader in game was, I'm so excited for Crusader because clearly it's going to be, it should be really quick to get out of atmosphere. Um, and that's just not the case. Or, so, or maybe, you know, yeah. maybe this is a, you know, a, a heads up for CIG mm-hmm. to put a, a really, really fast rocket type of a ship, like a shuttle, like between mm-hmm. Crusader and PO uh, that you can get out like in a second. You know, just like you yeah. use that shuttle to, to get yourself out if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind that idea. That's not a bad idea, to be honest. Because yeah. I can understand them lore-wise saying, hey, listen, this is going to be slow because of, you know, the drag that the atmosphere creates on the ship. But if you're going to do that, then have a solution for people who want to get out quickly. Um as much as I agree with the speed and, and all those things, I actually just really love Crusader. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's gorgeous. It's just it such gorgeous. a nice place. So so planet-wise, um, I'm still pretty likely to go there, at least now while it's still you know fresh and, and new, and, and it'll probably be the same case once the next patch comes since it'll be even fresher and newer. Um, my least favorite place, and I mean – I probably don't even need to say it at this point. If anyone listens on a regular basis is um, I absolutely just hate Lorville. I hate it. It's, <laughs> it's got a bad layout. You can tell it was one of their earlier um, locales that they did. I'm sure they'll eventually um, make it a little bit better and a little less cumbersome, but I hate navigating the place. And I also and someone that really likes things that are aesthetically pleasing. So, you know, it's kind of grungy and awful looking. 
um, which adds to the atmosphere and immersion, but at the same time, it doesn't make me want to stay there. So that's my, my it's funny. It's funny because all these planets to me, the thing I love about them all is that they've captured a feel, right? Yeah. Moorville to me is that oppressive, yeah, um, industrial um, organization that's forced people into labor, and you you can yeah. you just know around the corner there's some guy who's got a debt of ten million years, and his family and his kids will be yeah. slaves to this organization, right? And yeah. yeah. And two guys around the corner are probably coughing up a lung from some kind of lung disease. <laughs> and yeah. It's got a feel to it. And then you get to that center. It's dark and it's, you know, it's, it's got gold everywhere and polished marble. And it's clearly a wealth above anything else. Um, the monolithic structure. And I mean, I think it's, it's got a great vibe. And I also like like microtech. It's clearly, you know, it's it's um, Apple in space. It's yeah. It's a planet made uh, by Apple, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's what it and, is. and also, you know, when you think about Lorville from a practical standpoint, as much as I dislike it, I have no choice but spend most of my time there. Like, uh, what did Lund say that Everest Harbor? I mean, ninety percent of my time, I either go Harlow one, Harlow two, mining around the, uh, you know, Hurston. And selling it on, you know, in Lorville because it's just practically. What am I gonna do? Just fly out to Microtech every time? It's just not practical. So you inadvertently you end up on Lorville most of your time. Right. Yeah. I would like to go to Lorville if the Lorville spaceport. And I do like Lorville, but I mean, I think Lorville should be more of an industrial spaceport. Like, take the cargo deck and the and the refinery deck and just put them right where the you know the uh, terminals are for ordering your ship <laughs> you just you walk out of the out of a elevator and you're right there i mean you walk 10 feet grab a hot dog from some lousy little span or stand and stand in line to punch in your order to you know smelt your ore and to pick up your new load of cargo and get a trolley or whatever you need to get right back out there um I don't like the idea of having to go to the big trades, you know, station in the middle with all the gold and everything. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I love the planet. That, that's a little annoying as yeah. well. And it makes me like, I don't know. I, I and our, right, our core is, our core is, you know, it's that um, melting pot of society, right? It's got punk, it's yeah. got Asian, it's got, you know, it's got a flair for everything there. Um, it's a little bit everything, but again, it needs to be a little bigger. Uh, and then, you know, and now you got the new one, which is Crusader, which is, I would say, that's Elon Musk, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. high tech. It's um, it's practical. It's not necessarily flashy. Um, it's also the biggest tourist destination in the system. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Well, that's that's the I guess that's the beauty of Star Citizen. You yeah. know, we all just said you know everybody kind of finds their own place and yeah. is going to yeah. be expanding. And uh, I think they, I mean, one thing about them, you, you have to say they they do listen, and uh, you know it's constant, constant improvement. So we're going to get there. Yeah, the thing I find interesting, just to go back to, I mean, what 
What I think Arc Corp lacks is it has that scale when you're flying in, and then it's just this tiny city center. Yeah. And I think a way for them to help with that a little bit is, um, well, first of all, they sort of showed art around this, and it hasn't been implemented yet, but they need to have an expansive place at some point right like it is really cool and moody and like super um blade runnery most of the time and that's what you want most of the time but they need to have that like one of the one of the images that they had and i don't know if they've abandoned it or if it's just not being done yet and maybe this is something montreal is going to do but um there was supposed to be at least one giant green area in part of our corp. And I think if they implemented that and made it super expansive and made it seem like the one place people go for serenity, then I think that would go a very long way. Right. I don't know what Oracle, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what our does. I mean, I, and it's one they of do my a favorite lot of places, but you know, like Hurston, you know, it's like weapons and ore, and it's a refinery world, and the Crusaders yeah. ship building yard, um, and Microtech is technology. So, and and probably research, but what is Arcor? They do a lot of mining and industrial. I guess but I don't also see that, feet. right? I guess I don't yeah. see that. Yeah, because you... So, for instance, one of the things that's not in, in the Stanton system yet is the true um, Aaron's Halo. And Arcorp is the one that built the gates that you use uh, to cross through the Halo. Okay, okay. So, you know, that's something that would be much more prevalent. Right. Um, yeah, Construction it yards and things need to exactly. be visible. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't evoke as much uh, as you'd think. But the industrial part is, I think, when you think about the refining sections of the city, of the city planet, like you see that a lot if you if you travel around the planet ever, um, and some of those things. Okay, makes sense. Um, so we got two questions, um, both from our Discord. Uh, first question comes to us from Cthulhu's Disciple, and he said, if you could choose to make one variant of a ship, what would it be and why? This was Badger. Yeah. <laughs> I always go, wait, who is Cthulhu's Disciple again? And he's like, it's yeah. me, it's me. And I'm like, but I remember this because he told me he was going to ask it last week. Um, yeah. So, uh, Seagard, what ship would you choose to make a variant? And what would so, that variant be? So you're going to really laugh. You're going to laugh. But I'm going to tell you the truth. I have always wanted a two-seat Aurora. Specifically, mm-hmm. the I wanted... I've always wanted a two-seat Aurora for the Legionnaire specifically. Right? The Legionnaire mm-hmm. is the fighter. So you'd have a... It's a militia ship. So yeah. it would make sense that if you're a militia and you're looking for a ship, you're going to use kind of a common frame and it's going to be your do-all. You know, it's going to be your rescue ship. It's going to be mm-hmm. your bomber. It's going to be your torpedo ship. So I think a two-seat 
bomber and torpedo version of the Aurora, kind of like the mm-hmm. miniature version of the Gladiator, mm-hmm. would be really cool. Especially you could have the gunner right behind you, take out the bed and just put the, you know, the gunner in kind of a stand-up turret. You know, I think it'd be fun yeah. as heck. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, something I like mean, that. I, I didn't think that was like. I think that's a perfectly interesting and reasonable ask. Yeah. Even a single torpedo, you know, a single torpedo on the bottom instead of cargo, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you can see, you know, two or three of them coming up and firing off their torpedoes at like a hammerhead and then ducking away. And I just think it would be a great little fun thing to do. It'd be cheap and fun and easy and make multiplayer ships good for, for starters. I mean, you look at you look at RSI in general, and they really they jump up in size quite dramatically. They don't really have any middle of the road like medium ships. Right. They pretty much have small and then large. Because right. Connie's one of the smallest large ships. Yes. Yep. So I can see. I I would even say like. Not even to go with variant, but they should have. They should. I would love to see some sort of two seater RSI ship in general. Yeah, you know, I even think of just an Aurora LN and just give it the option to carry a torpedo. What a what a game changer that would make for that ship. You know, you have a single mm-hmm. seat fighter that's inexpensive that can fire a big torpedo, and then still go in there and do a little dogfighting. That'd be a blast. Yeah. Hmm. Could be interesting. Check off what about mm. you, sir? Well, if you, I was going to say something else, but since Sigurd went the Aurora route, I would go something very similar. A beefed up Nomad, two-seater Nomad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bigger capacity, carries a DS, right? Yeah. A rock, and uh, yeah, that would be a cool ship to That would be a cool ship. Game. Hmm. Yeah. Side yeah, by side I, seating, that'd be yeah. really cool. Yeah, and finally, you know, have a place that you could put a DS on and carry that, and you know, I like bad. it. It's interesting. Yeah. What about you? I I would say, geez, I mean, it's a hard mm. question. You you it would is. have thought I. I think what would be cool is some sort of variant of I. I just want to see more, either science or industrial ships. So like, I don't know, maybe a science variant of like a Mercury Star Runner would be interesting, um, with maybe like some lab equipment and things like that to make it unique. Um. You don't have a mid-sized yeah. science vessel. You have, a, you had, you well, the really, Dur. You have, well, yeah, it's an exploration, right? It's not science, though. Yeah, I would sort of lump them together a little bit until uh, maybe I'm just lumping them together because science so far doesn't really have a yeah. ton of distinction between that and exploration. It would be neat to make it modular, the Dur modular, so you could do that. That would be a cool. You could yeah. swap out it, you know, kind of like a mini endeavor. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like if you look, um, it's true. Like the only the only science ship that I can think of that 
that is out in the game that you can tell is for like specifically science is the um the sen yeah the right sen that's the only one that i can think of that that is very clearly science and shows science equipment outside of like the carrick which we know has scientific kind of aspects but is probably more towards exploration um although i would say where you get the sciencey part is actually in the medical facility there cuz it looks like you could like research stuff you could really you know you were talking about the msr where you have the uh data um the data yeah, stuff yeah have a lab yeah have a lab have a yeah. telescope instead of the instead of the dish um let yeah, the I was computers thinking, do the crunching. I was thinking crunching. the dish would sort of do that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah, it could be interesting. I, I also just want to see, like, with the exception of I don't really care what Drake does. <laughs> I like Drake, but I don't care. <laughs> right. Um, you know, like, I'm curious to see how other manufacturers would put a spin on science um, and other and other things like that, like yeah. exploration. You know, like I'd love to see a Crusader exploration ship. Um, maybe not, maybe not even a variant, but its own bespoke ship uh, right. from Crusader that that handles that. I'd love you, to see how they manifest. Do you think they would ever produce a ship that doesn't have a weapon, like a science I mean, or medical ship or a cargo do, ship? Right? Do I we have a, a single ship, ship go, without a weapon? You know, why would I need a gun on a cargo ship if I can run? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it should be. It's, it's interesting to say the the very least. Um, so great question. That Badger. is good. We appreciate that it. That was a good question. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then Boris Kraken said, not being able to play the game. Um, although I think he was in the game or maybe, oh no, maybe not. He's just on his phone because he's in Northern Australia at their quarantine camp. He does their, he's a guard. Oh, that's right. He, he mentioned that security at the quarantine camp. I guess. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so he said your thoughts on, uh, if three fourteen improved your gameplay experience and then do you intend to do both events? So, what are your thoughts, Seaguard? Did it improve yeah. your gameplay experience? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I do think it's fun. I think it's, um, I think it's okay. I like it. I was caught by the surprise that the events move between stations. It's kind of mm-hmm. like an ongoing battle. Um, I didn't do the dogfighting. I did the supply stuff, but that was fun. Uh, I'm definitely going to go do the dogfighting this week. Nice. You know, for the event. Yeah. What about yeah, uh, you, Chekhov? I have not. I'm still trying to get my settings. Still haven't figured out how to fire missiles. So I uh, haven't done any events yet. Uh, did, couldn't get out of Crusader yet. So can't say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I personally feel as though it's been an improvement. And my favorite part of it is and i've said this already so i apologize i didn't say it tonight but i've said it in the past um i just absolutely love how relevant and fun to play um turrets are right now it is really fun oh it is really fun to be in a turret 
Um, and it feels extremely effective and feels dangerous uh, to have a tu- turret um, locked on on you. It, it mm. just feels so much better than it's felt in the past. Cool. So that's my... Definitely try favorite. that out. Yeah, so hopefully we can hop in at some point and do one of the events together in a ship with turrets. Absolutely. You know, a hammerhead or a star runner. Um, and I also want to see, because I haven't really gotten a good sense of how the larger ships have a how the shields are faring now. I want to try the Constellation with the fighter, you know, out oh, and the two turrets run, are running. 100%. Because that's one of the ships that I felt um, suffered with turrets not being amazing. Right. Um, because it, it, it does pack quite a bit of firepower. It just yeah. needs to be able to be effective. Um, so I can only imagine right now, I think... It was, I, I don't know if it was morphologists or, you know, people were already saying beforehand with, you know, with the parasite docking that Akani is interesting again. Um, but I would also venture to say now with the additional changes to turret gameplay um, and turrets being much smoother process, uh, I would imagine it's extremely potent. Right. I, I, I tell you one thing about the event, um, you know, medical supplies is absolutely a good thing to have for, you know, a, a battle, right? You need medicine supplies mm-hmm. always, but there's so limited, there's such a limited amount of it in the system that you can mm-hmm. only get like one or two boxes. So, you know, it was a big factor in why I took the Aurora. Why? I can't take my Connie. Well, you do put one box in it. <laughs> You know, it's going to be yeah. 18 credits. Woo-hoo. What do you have to buy it just like you would normally? With as far as trading? I can tell, yeah. I wish they had had like a, you know, the military has dropped off a massive supply to, to a ship failure. You can move them from Orison to, you know, Cruel 4 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That would have been much better because then you could bring in a big ship and like a Hercules fully loaded and. You know, have both guns going, and it would be a blast. Yeah. Did now on the when you played the other day, were there any PVPers? I didn't see any, but I wasn't doing the dogfighting. Yeah, I was avoiding the dogfights. I was running for the base. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this is because I mean, let's face it. It sounds like, and obviously, this is an assumption of mine that this is really to help stoke a little bit of. Uh, PVP so that PVPers right. have something to do besides grief. Right. right. Um, which I appreciate because while I'm not a PVPer, I also don't like being great griefed for no reason. You know, right. it, it's one thing if you're able to collect the, um, you know, the remnants of my cargo hold after blowing up my ship. It's a whole nother thing when there's, really nothing that you get from it except for the pure pleasure of owning someone um, and or, you know, practice. Yeah. So Yeah, I think I'm going to bring the Vanguard back in 314. I think it's going to become Ooh. a deadly ship again. Ooh, the, I bet so. Right, with a turret and yeah. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, we definitely have our testing to do for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but I it's, wonder it's if, whether, you know, I wonder if they did anything with EMP. No one talks about EMP. If I, I, I'm just I got to test that out too. I have a feeling it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, which I, I know much to your chagrin, Chekhov. I know. One of the things I did do that was kind of funny, you might want to try, is the racing. I just did it. You know, I went into the arena mm-hmm. and crashed, you know, the first three laps. But, uh, you know, it, you get better faster. You get better pretty fast. And, you know, two or three laps, you'll be pretty fast. And, uh, and then it's just increasing or cutting your time in half, like every two or three laps, you're, you're moving down. And it's in pretty good shape right now, playing. Oh, that's good. If you can't get to anything else, go to the arena, and I think you'll find it. Or, you know, like we said, the Pirate Swarm or something like that. Dying Star looks amazing. I mean, it just looks so good. They have the new animation in there and the fire and everything. It looks so, so good. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It it looks a lot better. This this whole time. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, Awesome. And the weapons work differently. I mean, the guns hammer away. It's just pretty awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen, well, obviously, I, I rarely pet play any of those anyhow. Like, I right. I tried, uh, whatchamacallit, once. Marine. Uh, yeah, Star Marine. Uh, maybe maybe a couple times. Yeah. Um, I also found at the time it wasn't very performative for me. So, right. of course, I abandoned that. Um, but I'm excited to see... Like maybe maybe it's time for me to practice again my my flight capabilities and see if I can improve yeah. substantially because I'm not an amazing pilot with small ships. I'm I'm a decent pilot with a relatively large ship. Right. They used to scare me, and now they don't at all anymore. It's like now I look for the big ship. Yeah, I love the big. Sh- I love flying the big ships. Yeah, uh, the small um, ones are real fun. I mean, if you get like a, you know, I just I have one of the. Uh, Mustang uh, Gammas, and it's a blast. But I also did it in the Aurora, and you can kind of feel the difference between them. I mean, you really yeah. can't. There's a handling difference in how much they slide. And Oh, I can imagine to... the Aurora is a little bit of a brick, huh? It's actually pretty good because it's really consistent. <laughs> you can't say anything bad about Aurora to Cigar. No, no, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you. Know, you, uh, you know, like I a... was going to say, he said, let's put a second seat on Aurora. I was going to say, why don't we just take both seats out and make it into a drone? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I just love that shit. I'm, I'm still allergic to Aurora. Yeah. I can't help it. Yeah. I mean, uh... they do have, I, I think they're saving graces. Don't they have quite a few maneuvering thrusters? They do. They have eight, and uh, yeah. so they're not. They're not. If you stay within their speed band, they handle very well. They're as good oh, well, as we know. Else. You're a fan of of staying in that speed band. Yeah, that's that's you like know. your mo. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know, boosters will still make it accelerate real well, and uh, and you could like it's just a simple ship to fly, and everything works on it. The only thing that doesn't work is the cargo right now. Yeah, you can't you don't get a cargo bay. Or box, and you don't get the open fans on the wings. Everything else works perfectly. Mm. Ironically, the fans—it's so weird because they already have that on the Connie. Yeah. So you'd think it should be no big deal to just, you know, right? I, I don't want to say it rudely, like slap them on, but it seems like the assets are pretty, yeah, comparable. But you know, I'm I'm not a 
game developer, so... Maybe we'll I do an Aurora Open race, and everyone ignorance. has to bring an Aurora. So we can oh, race. boy. Yeah, that would be real swell. I'll bring a dragonfly. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a dragonfly. <laughs> <laughs> the dragonfly open. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, folks, if you do have any questions for us, um, don't forget you can submit them by emailing us at readcastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at readcastsc. You could submit a message through Anchor. Uh, you could join our Readcast Discord and engage with us there. Or you could text or leave a voicemail at 646-783-8154. Um, actually, before we forget, Seaguard, did you question. want to go over your question for next week? Yes. So uh, I'll make it quick. Hard to believe. Okay. We kind of know how fuel economy works and the cost to operate a ship works right now when you're in quantum drive or you're in, in uh, normal hovering mode using hydrogen. And to me, I don't see a lot of difference between the ships. I don't see it, you know, other than distance you can travel, right? But I don't see a huge cost difference difference between the ships. So the question is, given what we know about quantum and uh, regular operation of the ship using hydrogen, how do we think that's going to be? In, how how do we think that's going to be um, done with jump drives? And do you see any ships being having a huge advantage in efficiency or cost for jumps? Call them okay. interstellar ships versus system ships. Mm-hmm. So that's my question. Okay. And it's written up in the, uh, I've already posted it. Uh, yes, I saw that. You're already getting answers as well. Good. <laughs> any of them say as per usual any of them start with you spell terribly and your questions mm-hmm. suck <laughs> no i don't think you got anything negative this time <laughs> negative it wasn't oh. negative before i knew that that's good my little puppy friend is uh having a dream or something <laughs> oh yeah here laying at my feet huh here i hope it's a dream or it's my my roommate's dog, and she's so cute. But she hangs out with me when my roommate's not here. Uh, she good. she gets real lonely. She's like a little corgi. It's <laughs> good. And I I always talk to her with a Russian accent. Check off. Oh, nice. Her name's Catalina. So I'll be like, Catalina, come over here, puppy. I want to give you some food. I don't know why. Well, why don't you try a little shot of vodka and a pickle? Catalina, you want some vodka and pickle? For you, Poochie? Is that really a Russian thing? <laughs> sure. Standard pickle, like dill pickle? Of course. Pickle or, you know, herring with vodka. That's, that is the Russian Oh, thing. my goodness. Herring. Oh, my yeah, Lord. That, 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 that's the breakfast of champions. A <laughs> frozen vodka with some herring, you know? Ooh. Oh, my God. Nether's clench. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just give me well, good old- I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, now, and also don't forget uh, if you are looking for that special crew to enjoy some uh, vodka and herring with, <laughs> uh, you can always take a look at Reed. We stand for research and engineering through exploration and discovery. Um, 
and our org does have several content creators out there. Um, we'd love it if you supported them as well. Uh, first, but certainly not, or I guess you can't say first, but not least. <laughs> first up is is Earth, who has some really great content on YouTube, including uh, a series on 10 Days in Microtech. Uh, he inspired, I think, Seaguard's um, for science experiment. Yeah, logging uh, out on ships. Yeah. So he's got some great stuff there. And then we have the musical stylings of Admiral Cody and Calibri, who are slowly but surely building out a Star Citizen-inspired and Reed-inspired soundtrack. Um, so great stuff. You can find all the information for all of that stuff in the show notes below. Um, but that wraps up another episode of Readcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Happy Space Dreams. <laughs> good night. We need, like, a real sign-off, you know? Like, Happy Space Dreams sounds good. Yeah, but, that's, that's, but saying that it while someone's driving cool. isn't good. Oh, yeah. so, so I had another idea. I didn't want to pose it as a question, but, you know, to get some, like, uh, binding tips. Like a joystick bind tip, like yeah. you know, uh-huh. some useful like okay, I I bound this and this to this key, you know. Mm. I mean that it's could be like, good. Yeah, I mean I could certainly use it right now, especially. Singer, I can't figure out how to switch to missiles for the life of me. Throughout the whole podcast, that's why I was so oh, quiet because I'm looking for that. <laughs> you can't figure this out. It's in the I mean, me- we, uh, we always knew you menu. as a, t- a talkative person, yeah. so. <laughs> Let me, I'll, I'll walk you through it. I only got, I got to get off here soon, but I can take okay. five minutes and show you, but meet me on the discord and I'll, I'll meet me on channel B. Oh, okay. And I'll come over there and show you where it is. Cause I did it with uh, Flavius the other day. Okay. All right. I'm there. This is a All blast right. guys. All right. Yeah. Have it. Good have night. a great night, All everyone. All right. Man. As we, as we too. talk over the exit. <laughs> oh, really? No, I thought, I thought yeah, we were done. recording. Oh. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good, Good night. night. Happy space dreams. Happy space dreams. <laughs>